As some of you might know, I have spent literally eight months trying to record my very first audiobook. It's always been a dream to turn my books into audiobooks for many reasons. One is that you keep asking me about audiobook versions of my books. Number two, because I love listening to audiobooks myself. And number three, I am very proud of documenting my story. I have written since I was very young. I published my first book when I was 21 and it has become a beautiful way for me to remember my life, to document my life, to turn my heartbreaks and successes and travels into stories. When the first lockdown happened this year, back in March or April, I panicked first. It was really hard for me. I moved to Berlin end of last year, determined to pull myself out of my loneliness and isolation. So to be forced to go back into isolation triggered my anxiety and I immediately sat down and tried to create a survival plan. I decided to focus on finally turning my books into audiobooks. So I started with recording my first book, Empty Roads and Broken Bottles, in search for the great perhaps. I realized that I have become a better writer since I wrote this book. I wrote it when I was around 19 to 20. I published it when I was 21. And there were certain words, paragraphs and views that I no longer stand behind, which is normal. I am almost 10 years older and I have grown up. What was really beautiful when I started reading through this first book of mine was that I could read it from a perspective. I look back at that young girl from the perspective of an older sister. I love that younger girl. I can see what she was going through and I know that she did the best she could, but... If I could talk to her today, I could maybe lead her a little bit. She was very lost, even though I wouldn't have said that back then. Anyway, what happened was I was reading through my first book and I ended up editing it a lot. I almost ended up rewriting the entire book because suddenly I saw those two years of my story with a completely different perspective and I wanted to tell it in a different way, from a different angle. But then I stopped myself because this is a book that I did write when I was 21 and that is the point of this book. I did write this book from the perspective of a 21-year-old girl and I want that to show. So I went back to the original book again and recorded the audiobook again. So anyway... What happened was I went back and forth several times because I wanted this first audiobook of mine to be perfect. Then we arrive at the editing of this audiobook. English is my second language. I don't even know what kind of accent I have anymore. And doing voiceovers or recording a voice is really hard because you realize how many strange things you do with your speaking voice. So when I submitted the first version of this audio, 
it was rejected by Audible and all other stores because there were too many different noises in the room and there were some strange swinglish going on. So I went back and re-recorded it again and again and again. Anyway, long story short, my very first audiobook of my first book, Empty Roads and Broken Bottles in Search for the Great Perhaps, is finally out everywhere now. I could not be more excited and proud and I truly truly hope that you will listen to this book and escape from the world for a few hours. I hope it can inspire you to go out and write your own story. And as I am soon releasing my fourth full-length album, I hope that you listening to the story of how I started all this can give some sort of perspective to where I am today. My story is very important to me where I'm coming from, how I came here, where I have lived, why I left Sweden and where I went from Sweden. It created me and I think you can still hear it in my music. I'm still talking about things that I was talking about back then. It's like my lifelong mission to figure those things out. Even if you have already read Empty Roads and Broken Bottles, I hope that you will take the time to listen to this new audiobook version because it is revised, it is edited, it is updated, and it's told with my words, with my voice, which I hope will bring new life to it. You can go to my website, charlotteerickson.com, and there you will find all the links to the audiobook, or you can just search for it wherever you like listening to audiobooks. So like I have mentioned, this is a book that I wrote when I was 1920 and published it 21. The book captures my journey of moving from Sweden to London, determined to become a songwriter and design a life for myself that I could be proud of and excited to wake up to. During the two years that I wrote this book, I was wandering aimless in England, just trying to play my music for whoever wanted to listen. It was the year I lived on the road. It was the year I discovered literature. It was the year I picked up all the authors that came to shape me a lot. It was the year I discovered Jack Kerouac, Charles Bukowski, Virginia Woolf. I moved to Bristol and then I moved to Berlin. To celebrate the release of my audiobook, I'm going to, here now, show you a little excerpt from the book. I really hope you will enjoy it, and if you decide to listen to the audiobook, please let me know what you think. And if you did like it, it truly would mean the world if you wanted to leave, hopefully, a five-star review wherever you listen to it, on Audible, on Amazon, on Goodreads, or wherever else you buy it. Um, yeah, thank you for letting me share my stories with you. And here's to many more books to come. The Leaving Somewhere in England, June 2012 Dirty windows and doors I can't open Sleeping on the floor with three layers of hoodies because that's what I'm used to. That's what I know. And because it's summer, but I'm cold and never hungry. 
I'm 20 and I feel small. Getting smaller and getting older. Some days it's okay. It's more than okay. Some days I'm even happy. I wake up and I laugh. I sing and tell myself that I'm exactly where I want to be. On my way to who I want to be. Some days. Most of the days I'm cold and small and I'm getting addicted to the dizziness of low blood sugar. Sometimes all I need is your hands and your voice telling me that it will be okay. It will all be okay. But most of the time I still crave the running away. The escaping like a ghost, never to be seen or heard again. It was a very ordinary day. The day I packed my life in a bag and bought a one-way train ticket to nowhere. It's like how you suddenly can see your own breath the first day of winter. Everything is insignificant until you start thinking about it. I had had enough of my own uselessness. I'd spent 18 months in London, in a crappy little room where I could fit the small bed that creaked as soon as you moved, my guitar, and I could barely open the door. I had spent every waking hour striving and fighting to simply become. Ripping every fiber of my being out for the world to take, but it wasn't received very well. Mostly empty words about the standards of my productions, my sound, my so-called image that I needed to define. It's a 24-hour consuming mission that you give your soul to, with nothing in return but a little self-fulfillment now and then when you manage to forget about the world out there for an hour and create melodies and words out of nothingness. That unexplained emotion from creating. Money becomes a rarely seen myth, and so after 18 months I was faced with the choice of either getting a day job, spending my days doing tasks without a heart just to pay the rent for my crappy room, or to give up my study base, a home, the paying to the system and simply live free. All I wanted was to live a life where I could be me and be okay with that. I had no need for material possessions, money or even close friends with me on my journey. I never understood people very well anyway, and they never seemed to understand me very well either. All I wanted was my art and the chance to be the creator of my own world, my own reality. I wanted the open road and new beginnings every day. I had spent my whole life trying to survive, holding on, without even knowing what I was holding on to. I was shaped and born in Sweden. Gothenburg, and there were days when I thought I knew what it felt like to have a home. I was an ordinary kid, living an ordinary life, in a very ordinary family. We had a house, two cars, and the Swedish distance between feelings and behavior. I was clever and easily taught, best in my class and good at sports. Never too loud and never too quiet. I was a daughter to be proud of, until I turned 10 and started asking questions that 10-year-olds shouldn't ask. The life I was supposedly preparing for didn't make sense to me. All I saw was people wasting their talents and time, doing tasks without a heart, complaining about Mondays. Why are we actively going down paths that will give us a life that do not intrigue us? I turned more and more inwards grew quiet and distant, guarded and skeptical. 
I was an ordinary kid to be proud of until I got to ten and instead turned into a daughter who refused to eat, ran for hours every day and no longer laughed. I think it should be compulsory for parents-to-be to learn about psychology and children's existential understanding. You're never too young to ask existential questions or wonder about alternative ways of living. It's never too early to let yourself think about things. It became clear to me that the adults around me that were supposed to be teaching me how to live a good life actually didn't have any more answers than I had. So school quickly became a struggle of just showing up. I lost respect for the system before I was even fully in it, and maybe that's why I sought to escape it as quick as I could. I found no outlet for my questions, my craving for something deeper, bigger, higher, so the energy was thrown back towards myself, and I was too young to know how to welcome it, so it destroyed me instead. I felt like a walking bomb in a city of sleepwalkers, holding my hand in front of my mouth as not to speak too much or too loud at all times. Just get through the day. Don't make too much noise. Don't make a scene. It was like a giant sun of energy growing within me, a fire of thoughts and beliefs, stories and opinions, but I did not yet know how to use it, how to let it out. So it simply stayed in there, and I did anything I could to numb it out. I tried to choke that inner fire, and it grew backwards into anxiety and self-destruction. I grew a consuming hatred towards my own self, my own body, my own mind. I ran and starved and smoked and threw a fist in the mirror while catching my own reflection. I have spent years studying my own mind and sadness, but I still haven't figured out how someone can grow to hate her own self so much. So that was my youth. And somewhere in the middle of this, I found art.